0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, I'm stand-up comedian James Mullinger and the co-founder of Edit Magazine. This is Mullinger Meets Canadians, the podcast where we meet Canadians who are making waves on the world stage. In this week's episode, I'll be speaking with Montreal-based stand-up comedian Derek Sagan, undeniably one of Canada's hottest comics. He's performed at the prestigious Just for Laughs festival an impressive seven times, and he filmed a gala set for HBO at the festival, where he received a standing ovation from an audience of 3,500 people. He's also the winner of Sirius XM's top comic contest, making him officially the funniest person in Canada. And perhaps most impressively, He's appeared on and won CBC's The Debaters, more than any other comedian in history. Before lockdown, he'd been touring clubs and theatres across North America fairly intensely for the past few years, and his first two concert albums, Nuclear Octopus and 43.0 May Contain Nuts, are bestsellers on CD Baby and on iTunes. His new album, Panderek First Wave, is available now on CD and iTunes and was recorded at Montreal's The Comedy Nest the weekend before lockdown in March this year. He was one of the first comedians to successfully transition to doing virtual shows and found inspiring and innovative ways to do so. His fans love him, his three children love him, and I love him. He and I have been friends for a decade and a half. We first met at the Just for Last Festival in Montreal in 2005 and immediately hit it off. In February 2014, when I moved to Canada from England, the first thing I did after landing in Toronto was go and see Derek live with my sister-in-law Judy at Yuck Yucks in Ajax. He's guided and navigated me through the Canadian comedy industry, nurtured me, and he's one of my best friends in comedy. And I'm excited to have our very first ever Sober Chat together. Here we go. Derek Segar, here we are. Here we are. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> kind of <laughs> um well uh, first of all brother I've, I've got to ask i see that you are fight. You're, you're, you're back on stage you are someone who um uh, used your uh, pandemic lockdown very wisely and found ways to make things work but you're back in the clubs and the theaters how does that feel
1: well i was back i was back and then uh not like new brunswick the rest of like us here in quebec fucked everything up so we're shut down again Uh, luckily i was able to get out there and do some things in the clubs Uh, but like i just got back from manitoba and there's like specific rule for people from quebec i needed a special paper just to walk around the city like no no i'm doing the tv show please don't (laughs) fucking like i couldn't go visit rumors i wanted to go see tyler over at rumors and he's like dude you're from quebec i can't knowingly let you in here because you're from quebec
0: Oh my god, that's crazy! I didn't realize it was like that. So, so are you there as an essential worker? C- technically, I guess, yeah. That had, like I needed, I have a
1: government fucking document saying that that's why I'm I'm going to Manitoba. Apparently, it's not not just you guys too. I think it's everything east of uh, Manitoba has have, have like. Not persona non grata status.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely Atlantic-, Atlantic Canadians are not showing themselves up as being uh, th- the friendly reputation that they have with their kind of keep the borders closed, don't let anyone in, build Trump's wall. Uh, there's a lot of people enjoying <laughs> this a lot more than uh, I thought. That and here's they the were thing.
1: To. I know the number in Quebec are terrible, but listen, I'm Quebecois. I like, I know what is skewing the numbers. Like, you know, there's a bunch of fucking Quebecois people found out. What? All you have to do is say that you're not feeling well and you fucking get out of work for two weeks? That's why we have so many cases. It's all these fucking civil servant and fucking construction workers that are like... man. <laughs> 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 and then two weeks and they're fucking... <laughs> they pack up the car and try to go to the States to fucking uh, Lake George or something and they're like, no, hey, man, you can't come in here. Oh, but tabarnak, I waste my two-week fucking sick leave.
0: They don't all have it. That's- so you were obviously in Winnipeg for the, for the comedy festival, and I know they obviously, they, they've ingeniously found a way uh, to make the festival work. But of course, I'm mean, guessing obviously things were different. Obviously, the audience is socially distanced. How was that for you as someone that is obviously, you know, we're in this industry where we, we rely on people being packed into rooms and suddenly now they can't be. How, how, Do you have to change how, how you perform?
1: Well, uh, like, first of all, festivals have their own feel to them, right? There's the a vibe, which th- this one didn't have because we weren't even allowed to really socialize. Um, where we kind of did on the last night, but we tried to do it socially. So it it was weird. Uh, it's definitely different. Um, but I think it went well. I think everyone was kind of like the audience and us in it together, you know, plus the TV production of it, you know? So the the audience probably felt the pressure to to be good, like at the debaters tapings, the debaters producer have found a way to let the audience know how important they are. So to give, you know, to be loud, cause we're, it's, and the debaters, it's only audio. So it's like, give it like, we really want to hear you on the the recording. So uh, the audience was great uh, for the show I did. I But again, the rule was so weird that my, you know, usually when you do a festival, you'll do the one TV taping and you'll do one or two other show in bars or whatever. Well, because I'm from Quebec, I had to do my bar show from fucking my hotel room via Zoom like this. I had to do a Zoom show, (laughs) (laughs) fly me all the way to Winnipeg and then have me do a show from 200 meters away from the thing.
0: (laughs) Well, luckily, you've you've obviously had a lot of experience Doing those those Zoom shows in the um you f- fairly quickly I'd say one of the I mean some people refused to, to ever do them some yeah. people took a bit longer um you know what was your feeling about them I And mean, I obviously obviously I, w- I watched a few of yours and and loved them and I loved the way in which you'd found a way to hear the audience through uh, an earpiece um how did that you know but you you leapt on it fairly fairly quickly I, I did. would
1: did I did I got lucky yeah All right, so I did seven shows we called them the Panderic. Uh, the Panderek, uh home show or whatever. Um, Reese, my my son Reese would introduce me and do like a street joke out of the gate. Um, I I I got lucky. I was just like, well, Chris, let's see, I like as like in that first week, you saw. See, I had like fifteen thousand dollar worth of shows just pulled out from under me. I'm like, well, fuck, I gotta. I know myself if I don't do stand up for a couple of weeks, I'm gonna be a fuck not fun person to be around (laughs) so i just said i just somebody i just done a zoom show right out of the gate they said we were gonna have you but we can't now so and i so i figured this platform i'm like oh this is kind of cool so uh i don't don't even know how it happened why i was so inspired i was stressed about the first one i did i was so stressed uh that in fact the day after the that i did the first one i was sick for like two weeks it wasn't covid it turned out i had pneumonia you know, in the middle of a fucking pandemic, I've got pneumonia. But uh, I think it's because I worked so hard at it because I'm not used to it, right? And you're by yourself. See, I don't have a production team. Uh, and But so what we did for the home show, we did, there was a Zoom component uh, where I sold up to 25 accesses to the, the Zoom. So, no, I couldn't manage it on the screen, right? I wanted to be able to see all the people that were there on the Zoom so I could talk to them and be like, hey, nice shirt, you fucking loser. And see? And then so the rest of the people would watch via YouTube live so they could still comment with the t- type of comment, but I didn't get to see them. And, uh, you know, so we did seven of them so far. And by the end I'm getting used to it. Like I'm trying to give equal attention to the zoom people, to the YouTube people. I've got two cameras kind of set up. These are YouTube. These are zoom. And, uh, I, it became its own thing where now I kind of like it. I'm like, and at the end, like we were allowed to have people in our yard up to ten people, so I would make sure that I had my ten people, ten friends that would come over. So I have a live audience, the YouTube audience, the Zoom audience, and uh, it was pay what you want to uh, to come. And uh, people were quite generous. People want to support, so I'm um, like, uh, this is a this is a viable way to f- not miss a mortgage payment anyway. See,
0: right? And it and it's and it's not it's not a creative compromise. It's just it's just a different creative arena in that like, I mean, I sat, I sat at home watching your YouTube one on, on my big screen. Again, I you know, I felt, I mean, the important thing is of course it is live. And that's the, one of the things that, that when people are disparaging these things, I think they don't realize I had, one of these Zoom ones, which, which, which they wanted to ch- change the time of the booking. And it was a clash. And they said to me, well, why don't you... Uh, they said, well, in, instead of doing it, can't you just video it and send it to us? And I'm like, well, if you're going to do that, just watch fucking Bill Burr. Yeah, yeah, watch someone yeah. like actually good. <laughs> like, if you want to watch a recording of someone doing stand-up, not live, then there's a million specials you could watch that are professionally shot. Why do you want me in my living room filmed? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 or let me just send what, what you we,
1: one of my good TV tapings that I i've got yeah
0: exactly yeah. <laughs> <Right, yeah, totally. laughs> just watch that but what i loved was was it was in the moment and you were one of the first people if not the first to kind of be able to incorporate that kind of interaction i mean you know i mean certainly all the ones i did it was very much i could see them but i couldn't hear them but you were actually bantering with the audience you could hear things you could you could see things i mean it it, it was an incredible kind of you know who knew that you would be this kind of a technological right uh, who knew wizard. yeah
1: and it, but but it <laughs> born of my own you know selfish need to to perform and to be the center of attention even in my own backyard (laughs) once i had had done building every square inch up in my backyard i'm like yes i have to find something to do during this thing
0: yeah i mean i mean part of it also is i love the fact that you you, a lot of the shows you made about the situation like there's no ignoring the situation that we're in do you think that as uh Certainly, comedians in Canada, but I think, I mean, probably comedians anywhere. We've done so many kind of uh difficult gigs .ie I mean how, I w- like nowadays you're obviously lucky enough that the, the 80 90 percent of shows that you do normally are in rooms built for comedy .ie theaters clubs or right. the rest of it but 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 certainly uh in our early years 95 percent of shows that we're doing and and indeed in the case of some corporates are, are rooms that are the worst places for comedy Sometimes. and we've had to kind of yeah. make those shows work um, do you think that kind of prepared us for for, for that Kind of uh, virtual world.
1: I think the years and years of like, like you say, not ideal, but that's that's the only thing you could say. Cause it's all kinds of different things, circumstances that show up that make it not ideal. Let's see, like sometime, oh, we're gonna start the show at four o'clock right after the the eulogy. Like, no, that's a terrible time to start a comedy show. Let's see, uh, so just I think that our capacity to adapt to whatever circumstances are presented to us uh, is what. i I guess make it easy for us to adapt to this new thing Uh, i i agree that online isn't ideal Um, and it was only by the third show that i did online online from the house that i actually had people like other than my family present and that really helped just even 10 people that you know that already like me that's quite it's quite encouraging but i definitely but speaking of that like people uh, making decision and like this is a thing we're going to remember for a long time i wanted to wear this t-shirt i had these t shirt made again just trying to have revenue stream so it's pan Derek first wave t-shirt it's basically a t-shirt to support my my uh my album and it's Panderic. i see it fit in the we're in a pan Derek right now
0: uh, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's and, perfect uh,
0: branding
1: i wanted to wear it on the tv taping and the producer's like um you know This might air up to two and three years from now, so it's not really gonna fit. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding? You think people are gonna forget, uh, forget about (laughs) this? Like, you know, know. yeah, Yeah, this is
0: not. This is this is like the most significant thing that's happened in the last century. Yeah, (laughs) like you're doing like a
1: a world politics fucking themed gala, and you talk about 9 11, and the producers like. 911. Is that a new? Is that a new convenience store? Uh, is that uh, your? Is,
0: is that your birthday? Does yeah. it ring a bell?
1: Yeah, <laughs> fucking idiot. Why? <laughs> yeah, why are you calling the police in the middle of your? Anyway, so he wouldn't yeah. let me wear the t-shirt, and I was just annoyed. So that didn't start the uh, the gala very well. But
0: yeah, and did you record the al- You recorded the album at the uh, Comedy Nest.
1: No, uh, no. This one I recorded at uh, Ottawa Yuck Yucks on March nice. 14th. The wow. last day I did shows before the Pandemic, I wow. recorded my album. It was just happened. It just happened oh that way. God. It was it had been planned for like three months, but it just that happened is- that I was able to record my album. So mm-hmm. it was like I I had known about coronavirus for like three days when when we recorded it. So mm. I have a few little jokes about it, but it was brand new. Like well, all I knew was that they canceled the NBA and that Justin Trudeau's wife got it. <laughs> when she got right. back from the UK, by the way. Um, yeah, so, I, I know. So the joke me, became, because like she got back, she's got it, and then the next day we find out Idris Elba and Boris Johnson and fucking Prince Charles all have it. I'm like, fuck, Justin, listen, I know you don't want to mimic Donald Trump with your foreign policy, but sending your wife to the Britain to lick everybody, to show your disapproval of Brexit wasn't really the way to go, I don't think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so little oh you know, things like that. So I mean, perfect timing. I mean, you're you're so lucky. I mean, I basically the my payday show of the year was on the 14th, and it got pulled obviously because we went into lockdown uh, the, the the day before. I mean, oh really? Absolute, See, also yes, was yes. the Sunday.
1: We went in on the or the Monday, I guess, was complete lockdown.
0: Yeah, we went yeah we went <laughs> on the Friday, and it was and it's just obviously for for the whole rest of the year, it's just that thing of like one day, just one day. Although I say that, had it gone ahead. And everyone in the room got corona. Right, uh, that is bad press. But good there was, press, there was, was none
1: in there. Was no well, there cases, was right, at that in New yeah, Brunswick at true. that point. Yeah,
0: no cases. And, and all and the cases now, you end up
1: having was everybody trying to flee the fucking scumbaggery <laughs> of, of Quebec and Ontario that brought it to you.
0: <laughs> that's it, that's it. Yeah, every time they're like, it's travel-related, we're like, well, no shit, because there was no cases, and now there is, of course it's fucking travel-related. No one in fucking Campbellton ate a bat, for fuck's sake. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's uh it's great, but, uh, so I didn't realize that. So that's it's, it's, what an amazing stroke of luck that you managed to get the recording in right before. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, and, 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 and I got two shows, so to- I'm
1: turning it into two albums just in case this goes on too long. So the first one, it's called first wave, right? I got <laughs> right. first, first wave. And so the next one I'll release, I'm going to call it second wave or fucking the end is near. Or <laughs>
0: I mean, that is where it must be fortunate that you are one of the few comedians for whom no two shows are the same. Like, you'll do two shows back-to-back or two shows on subsequent nights, and we'll do, in some cases, a completely different 45-minute-hour set.
1: Yeah, well, that's what... Because the plan was, every album... This is my third album, and uh, every one before that has been 80 minutes. It's the maximum number of minutes you can fit on a CD, right? Right. Uh, So my idea was I'll take two shows in the same room with the same size crowd. And I'll take the best 80 minutes out of the whatever, 120 minutes that I get. Then I'm like, so I'm struggling with it for like months. I'm trying to edit it and like, Oh, where I, can I insert this joke here? Cause it turned out on the the second show, the late show. I, I do one bit that's it take it's 38 minutes for one joke basically or one story right so you can't intersperse that in with the other with the other set so i'm like i can't just play them like cons- consecutively anyway so i struggled with it for like five weeks and then it was abdul Butt, my friend abdul Butt, my partner in my podcast actually bacon no bacon yeah. little shameless plugs <laughs>
0: which is amazing by the way if everyone should listen to bacon no bacon with derek Sigana and abdul Butt uh an amazing podcast and i'm a big fan thanks
1: buddy uh, so anyway it was i was telling him i was just late telling him "Ah oh, man i'm trying to edit this thing and it's driving me crazy i can't find a way to put the two together and he's like derek you may never be able to record another set of stand-up in your life why don't you split this into two albums right so like i'll have two 50 minute album it's not like i i'm ripping somebody off that's kind of how long a set is see so yeah so now i've got one in the can for for my amazing. next release nope.
0: Uh, and uh, and is it out the the first one? The first or one is out. Yeah, date? it's called Pandemic first, first Wave. wave. Pandemic First Wave, and it's on iTunes now. No doubt at number one, I'm sure. Um, it must be because no one else is uh, no one else is able to release an album. But Keith, did you see Keith
1: Pedro <laughs> just put an album out that it's all all COVID? It's apparently his new album. Oh. He just put it out. It's all COVID. I don't know where he recorded it. If it was in a live thing or, but he just put oh, out wow. an album and it's one of the streaming service was the oh it was um uh the Sirius XM Comedy Central or something like that we're gonna oh, play wow. it yeah. in its entirety on as a preview on the uh on Sirius XM but yeah I don't oh, know wow. where he recorded it but it's a COVID all COVID jokes album that he just yeah. put out so uh, I got a it's, little bit ahead amazing. of the curve but that fucking three months that it took me laboring over how to edit it really kind of kicked me in the ass
0: yeah was there was there anything more annoying than when you uh, bump into people during lockdown? They'd be like, "Oh, you must be getting lots of material," and you're thinking, "Yeah, but
1: where do I try what it? What can I fuck?"
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: yeah,
0: I know. I just got one and now. You're a fucking idiot. How how
1: funny is that? <laughs>
0: yeah. I know. Like I, I I felt really bad. I bit bit this guy's head off. I mean, nice English guy works at Indigo, and he was like, "So you must be getting lots of material." I'm like, "Well, no, yes, but 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 yeah, nowhere." to yeah. it and he's like well it must be and, and and i just and i'm like no there's no there's no, nothing funny about this we cannot fucking to do a banter about how we'll do it because yeah. no it sucks that we can't do our job yeah and and really i mean when you know you mentioned obviously the the, the the comedy tree was able to do shows, but now they now they can't. Do you find? Did you find the the club environment slightly more amenable than the distance environment in a theatre? Because in a club, not that they don't follow the rules, but in a club, y- you can be exactly two meters rather than right. with, in a theatre when you can't move the chairs. That could end up being three or four meters based on. C-tick. Well, the,
1: the clubs seem to all be going with a number thing. Uh, here's what I did mm. notice. So the Comedy Nest, the number that they, uh, which was, I think, it was probably like 20% less than what they legally could have, but with distancing, they mm. 50 was the max that they, they could do. <coughs> right. And you've played there before at the Comedy Nest. Yeah. Um, it's uh, uh, that room for a show to really have the capacity to be magical. You need about 65 people. So we were a little bit short. So the shows were good when I did them. I did the second week they reopened, I think, and now they're shut down again. They're shut down until next week. So they were good, but again, my my uh, remuneration uh, is also contingent to ticket sales, right? So, so the shows were okay. They were fine, um, but uh, I made like a, a a fifth of what or a quarter of what I normally would make, uh, and the other thing is that I noticed because after that, I uh, I had booked shows out west because a lot of the clubs out west that normally would have, you know, two or three Americans every month come in, they can't anymore. So they're Canadian, they need Canadians. So they flew me out to do uh, British Columbia and uh, Edmonton and uh, their capacity were higher. They, they were allowed to up to 100 people in the room and man, we only sold out. We, only, we didn't sell out any in BC and we only sold out one or two in uh, Edmonton. Um, So it's not just the law, it's people are legitimately worried and concerned and don't want to be out in public or in a dingy close in room with other people, you know
0: yeah it's very interesting I've, I've heard that from a few and i've been i mean now that the cineplex has reopened here i've been going to the cinema quite a lot and of course i mean i don't know how they're ever going to make money because of course it's you know it's two seats and then massive right. gaps around which actually i mean as a cinema go it's a, it's a dream yeah you've got right. some fucking animal all over you um it, it, it it's nice to win but of course but hardly anyone's going and you can go on opening night um and there was I think there was this there was this thinking that people were desperately keen to get back to doing things but as you rightly say i've heard it from quite a few theaters around here. the playhouse in in frederickson said a similar thing that that they're not seeing this kind of death you know and the 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 numbers are significantly reduced but there isn't this kind of leap that people were expecting i and i uh, had that
1: thinking so that's what left me disappointed i honestly because i know for myself I was getting stir crazy at home. I'm like, you say I could go to a bar. I'll be at the fucking bar tomorrow, but apparently <laughs> yeah. not everybody thinks about the same way that I right. do. Right? And, uh, yeah. and that, that's also what's shocking. Like the life that I've led really now now is when you don't want to fucking touch me really like i have <laughs> <laughs> like i've toned it down over the last eight or nine years right i have small children and shit fucking 10 years ago you would totally hug and fucking shake my hand that's when i was really at higher risk to give
0: you something <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man that's
0: true. well it's funny and, and, and you're right i mean that, and that's kind of why i ask is that it, it's a weird thing to kind of reconcile in your brain when you're up on stage because before if there was you know 50 people in a 200 seater we knew all the techniques that there were to make it work which would be you know pull the audience to the front cram them in, yeah um, rows and the and back suddenly, rows, w- totally yeah yeah but block it off but now everyone's spread out it, it, it's a weird feeling when you're up there and it's i mean for me i've just found it's just hard to get any kind of momentum it's like it's like i feel like the the laugh on the first joke is the same as the laugh on the last joke it's just you do it and then you're working from you're you kind of back after each after each laugh you're kind of back to square one because yeah. there not that kind of that buzz in the room
1: <clears throat> and it was like for the tv taping so it's a tv taping for those that are you know outside of the the, the our world uh you're supposed to stick to the, the material they want to see it before and you know you're doing this clean tight thing but when a room is less full you feel the need to address things you know like you see people individually better because you know, like, there's only a few people within eye shot. See, so I'm doing this TV taping, and then all of a sudden I start to cough. And this this COVID really showed me that I cough a lot. Like, I can't go, <laughs> I can't go six minutes ever. I'm coughing at least every six minutes. So even if I only have a ten to twelve minute set, I will inevitably cough at least one time. And now you feel the need to address it because it's fucking yeah. COVID, right? So. I'm doing this TV taping and I start to cough and I'm like, "Oh no, don't worry everybody. I'm a fucking heavy smoker. I smoke my face off. It's just probably cancer everybody." And then, <laughs> and then and then I realized, "Well, that's a weird thing, right? Like a year ago, I would have said, "Oh my god, don't worry. It's I'm coughing cuz I have cancer." Everyone would have been like, Oh, Derek, you should take better care of yourself. Really? You should quit smoking. Now, when you say that, (laughs) not because of COVID, you say, no, no, the cough, it's because of cancer. Everyone's like, oh, phew. Thank God. (laughs) God. (laughs) (laughs) God. (laughs) (laughs) You can't catch bad life decisions. This is what a relief. (laughs) Dirty (laughs) Quebecois fuck face. (laughs) So I did that in the middle of the TV taping because I just, you can't. And then like... (laughs) I, uh, during the set, I should, probably shouldn't even say this because it's not been on TV. Anyway, something happened. I asked the producer before the show, may I, you know, like in, in the middle, because they're asking you like for camera, where do we go? I said, well, at one point near the middle of the set, I'm going to ask somebody in the audience how old they are. And they're like, ah, we don't know But I'm like, it, okay, listen, I'll just, because usually there's a follow-up question. I said, okay, I'll, I'll just ask him how old he is. I'll repeat it so that the audience at home knows what his answer was and. And he's like, okay, I guess that's fine. And so, fuck, I do it. Don't I fucking choose the dickhead that's trying to be funny, right? So I uh, ask him how old uh, he is, and you. he shoot out a number that clearly is not a fucking I'm like, yeah, right, buddy. That fuck, I don't know how much confidence wearing a mask has made you, but that fucking mask does not make you look that age, you fucking old brick. <laughs> if anything, that mask is making you sh- your head shrivel because you are fucking clearly older than that. <laughs> But in the middle but of a t- not- TV taping, the producer yeah. was probably like, aha, I knew it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I knew he could not be trusted. <laughs> I knew he couldn't be trusted, be trusted just with pretend. that one
1: simple question. <laughs>
0: But as you say, I mean that is the that is all of this job is you, you, you have to reference what's what's happening in the moment, or you lose the audience instantaneously. It's right. like uh, you know ignoring a siren or glass dropping or any of those things. Suddenly, if you ignore it, the audience are uh, taken out of the moment, and they're like, "Oh, I don't feel like I'm in a show. I'm being just talked at." Yeah, and um, and you can't you can't lose that, right?
1: And like you said, when the room is more sparsely populated that instinct kick in even more right because you feel like well we're all in this together you know this isn't what I, the ideal situation for any of us so let's let's really be on a united front and acknowledge what a fucking weird yeah.
0: shit show this is <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah because <laughs> it turns out I when mean- people are wearing the mask you know, some of these fucking furiously angry face when you cover their mouth and nose looks the same as <laughs> laughter, right? Like, right now I'm like so mad right now and now I'm so happy. Like, it's the same fucking face and yeah. the eyes. It's just an intense yeah, emotion is- they're feeling. I'm like, oh my God, this guy loves me. And then he fucking pulls out a gun, fucking, whoa, that's not love.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like when, you, you know, when you're watching, I mean, it's that inevitable thing we do as, as, as comedians when we, we always hone in on the one person that isn't laughing normally right and suddenly now you're in a position where you're basically looking at a crowd going i wonder who is i wonder who is moving like this because they're laughing i wonder who has parkinson right. <laughs> like, you, like you literally like don't have no idea um what is going on behind that mask
1: but the, again i ended up i ended up with some jokes about that too uh even on that first album the first album was cool because i had only known about it for like 48 hours and uh ended up with you know i I think i ended up with like nine minutes out of off the top that were kind of corona related like with with the the mask hadn't come out yet that first weekend there was no mask but since then like on the zoom shows and stuff you know you come up with stuff about the mask like and it's come from reality like most of our our material will come from life experience but with the mask thing uh it took everyone wearing a mask for me to realize that I've I've been deaf my whole life and I didn't even know. Apparently, fuck, I've been reading lips for 47 years because you throw on a mask, no fucking clue what you're saying. It's, it's just Charlie Brown's teacher. I have no fucking idea what you're saying with the mask. I'm just like, all right, yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah, nice
0: weather, I guess. I don't know. I know it's terrible. I mean, I've, always, I've for years have been watching all movies and TV shows with subtitles on. So suddenly my kids now, do that yeah, too. as you saying. my kids do that. Right, yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I don't know what it is. Whether it's the, something wrong with modern sound mixes or just hearing but but yeah it's weird you go into a store when when they've got the plastic they've got the, the plexiglass up and the mask on and you've got a mask on and it's just literally an exchange of yeah, wha- yeah. Wha- you're like there, there, there must be let's just there, there must yeah. be a solution to this maybe we need to be typing the questions i don't know but or something. Yeah, or
1: they need to hire exclusively people that are hard of hearing to be cashiers you know those people that have a little bit of hard of hearing and they, they speak extra <laughs> loud or, yeah, or you should make make the kids, the cashiers that are kids, you know, usually, no, you're not allowed to listen to music while you're working, but now make them listen to their music so they're like, that'll be 47 <laughs> 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 Do
0: you want a bag? <laughs> it's five cents for a bag! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Um, and and then you've also been recording um more debated shows um so how was that different during this and um and you know, I mean, how do, do you? You must have lost count. I know you are. Uh, for I'm sure most people listening to this will know this, but you are famously the person who has won more CBC debaters' debates than any other person. Yes. in world history. Um, <laughs> world history. Uh, is that all the way <laughs> back history. to Socrates? It seems. <laughs> <laughs> yes, is. Uh, the debates as to whether the court jesters should be beheaded or not. Yeah. You are winning those <laughs> I
1: will contend, no please um (laughs) uh, we did i did one i did one of the uh, zoom debates so we did our debates from home Uh, but since then uh last month i believe the debaters started recording live again socially distanced and all the thing but only in vancouver because if you can imagine it's a touring show but they count they depend greatly on ticket sales to cover the cost the flights the hotels the so, because they have to, they can only sell a quarter of the tickets normally. That they're the so the show it's based in Vancouver, so they've
0: they've taped two, they've done two taping uh, in Vancouver. Right. See, it's it's interesting the knock on effect of all of these different things like you know to to the to the to the the average person thinking about how live performance and specifically stand-up has been affected they wouldn't necessarily think that a, a show like cbc debaters would be affected in that way but as you say ticket sales were relied upon um and then I mean, I mean, and again, this is a kind of an interesting kind of segue into, you know, we've and we've talked and you and I have talked about this a lot in, in private before about the Canadian Association of Stand-up Comedians and the way in which the Canadian government kind of have never and obviously still never, uh still don't recognize stand-up comedy as an art form. And yet, um, never has it been more apparent how many different businesses are uh, affected benefit yeah affected from from the situation but in normal times benefit from uh you know like i mean hearing from restaurant owners uh you know in in all kinds of towns and cities i mean they are struggling because people are not coming out watching live shows and like uh, so
1: comedy and music right like there's a show at any big venue the trickle-off economic benefit is huge right like if there's a concert at the bell center here of 22,000 people. Well, that's somewhere around 15,000 people that are also going out to eat before, going for drink after. See, it's there's single events that really help a, a local economy. Uh right. not to mention the gig economy. Like there's you know, there's got to be there's thousands of us in Canada between, you know, comedians and musicians that have literally lost you know, for the first 3 months 100% of our livelihood and then we trickle back a little bit and now we've all been you know rolled back to again not having a livelihood so it's yeah. uh, I-
0: I mean, I mean, this t- this is this is presumably this is a time that you would have hoped that that the government would have started recognizing uh, comedy as an art form here, and of course, it is one of the only places in the world where essentially it isn't officially recognized as such. No. Um, as someone that has been you, know, you've been in this industry for for two close to three decades. No, yeah? not two, even two and yet, a half decades. But thanks. Uh, two de- yeah, but, no, but yeah, sorry, yeah. But yeah. yeah, <laughs> I'm like that guy wearing the mask that thinks
1: I fucking look at all youthful. He's like, you were there in Vaudeville,
0: weren't you? You fucking old Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, um, and, and you obviously, you know, you worked in marketing before, so you obviously, you, you knew what it took to, um to market oneself. But did you have any idea going into stand up all those years ago, that it was going to be such a kind of essentially a, a one person marketing job where we are always having to push ourselves because we don't have the government on our side and we don't have uh, anyone else kind of looking out for us? Right. When I started,
1: I didn't, first of all, I, I didn't know anything about the business and uh, second i certainly didn't look at it as, as a viable i was years in before i looked at it as a way to make a living i did it because i loved doing it and then suddenly people started offering me money for it and i'm like oh wow this is all right this is pretty good too you're gonna pay my bar bill oh my god <laughs> fucking i hit the life jackpot uh yeah but no now that you get in it and it is your livelihood and you 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 love and respect the the medium uh it is kind of like wow really no one we can't we're not even recognized so the work that we're doing with the uh, cask the Canadian Association of stand-up comedian and now the new kind of division or whatever the can thing that Adam grow is heading up to try to not just have us recognize but also to to legislate uh, what has always been said to be existent, that, you know, the content on television and on, on, on the new platform, the Netflixes of the world and that, that there be a minimum uh, of Canadian development, right? Because uh, it's laziness and we're just trying to say, don't be lazy. We can, we have a voice, we have, we have talent, we have, you know, it, yes, it's easier to buy eight seasons of the Big Bang Theory. Than actually take you know year a year to produce a season of something, but in the end everybody wins. Like if you produce a good show, you're gonna make more money than buying a syndicated show and you know selling replays of it. Uh, if you have an original show, you can then in turn maybe sell it. Like Schitt's Creek, hopefully, has taught Canadian broadcast or something. You produce a quality product, you then get to sell it to the you know the people that you were buying from you could sell it to them right. and generate all this free money see so uh so adam is is heading up uh, a kind of wing of uh, of uh, the cask to to try to ensure that that's the way to go because laziness will affect people's decision i know for myself i make ton of terrible life decision out of sheer laziness <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh yeah
0: it's well. It's it, it is strange, and it's and it's it, when you tell people because again, outside of the industry, people aren't really aware that you know. I mean, I mean, the best way I, I try and explain it to people is that you know, if you know, spoken word is thought of as an art form, and a one person play is an art form. But basically, if anyone's enjoying it and laughing, then it's not an art form. That's that's basically right? the government's, it's you know. Crazy. And 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 I um when I was first told about this, I was trying to kind of um. Uh, approach the kin- in, in, not to necessarily apply for anything, but become registered with the Canada Council for the Arts. And I was applying as like a as a the- as a theatre performer because I was able to prove it. I'd done like more than fifty theatrical performances in the in in the year. They said no 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 we we've been your website it's comedy not not art and they said okay like, it's wow. spoken word no 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 uh, well it's storytelling there's the, the, there are stories in there yes people might be laughing at the end because they're funny but it's still a story no and and it was it was really quite interesting seeing the number of ways in which they have put up these blockades. Hmm. I mean, is it really as simple as the government being afraid of what comedians have to say? Why the hatred?
1: Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's even hatred. I think uh, the nature of bureaucracy; these people have to make these decisions, right? And every time they make one, be it in our favor or against us, they really like oh, look at me. I just fucking justified my position for a full year. I made a fucking hard call on this. I uh, had to draw a line and I was the guy. So uh, I can't think it's a contempt. Uh, it could be, though. And sometimes, like, I hate to say it aloud and in public, but uh, how great is the talent and, and perseverance of Canadian comedy that we have managed to succeed and even, in some cases, really flourish despite the fact that we have all this going against us, that we are really completely on our own to even even derive a a, you know a, a living wage doing this without any help think about somebody who is a spoken word artist or a fucking sculptor uh, I don't fucking think they're driving around in a Range Rover like I am, so go fuck yourself. Spoken <laughs> word, go go suck off the fucking government's teat, you piece of shit. <laughs> I'm beloved, you fucking sculpting fuck face.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is true. It's, it's definitely created. Well, if anything, stand up. Yeah, you know, stand up in Canada could be used as the as the definitive situation of. Uh, you know, people doing it for themselves. And the fact that, I mean, this is one of the things I loved about coming from the UK to Canada is that because there are... You know, because because basically, no one's becoming no one's becoming a millionaire in no. in Canadian comedy, and so it's interesting coming here where in England... That's right. Let, you know, let me stipulate: experience. it's a used Range yeah, Rover. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> and but as you say, I mean, people, people people can graft here and do well, but they have to do it themselves. There's not going to be any any help. But in England, there's there's definitely this kind of fairly kind of brutal, cutthroat. Uh, Approach where people get into it because they might because they because they have the potential to to own a fifty million pound house. Yeah. Whereas the great thing, and as a result, the atmosphere in dressing rooms isn't always the the best. Whereas coming to Canada, I loved becoming a part of this Canadian comedy scene, where you know. Anytime you're in a, a dressing room with a with a Canadian comedian, you are with someone that you have one thing in common, and that is that they love this job, they respect it, they they, they love the craft of it, because no one's doing it for money, because there is no fucking money, right? right? <laughs> you know, you know, or, or, or just sharing no, th- th- sharing
1: stories about how we got fucked over last week,
0: really, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like we're all there, really is that kind of um, a- atmosphere here. Of people, it, it attract Canadian stand-up comedy attracts people that really love the craft, and I don't know if you can say that about everyone that gets into it in uh, America or the UK. And again, no, that's not there. to disparage either those scenes, but um, but it's it, it, I just find like every time I sit down with the community, we've got nothing else in common with them in this country. Uh, a, a, an absolute love for this it has to be part of the job because uh, you know there isn't these spoils at the end of it.
1: I would say I would say that I've never been to the UK, so I don't know the vibe especially, but I could imagine in a smaller market like that, um, it would that would be the case. In America, I think it's closer. It's just that you know this like the ceiling that you're describing in Canada is much higher in America than it is here, right? Uh, hear the ceiling when you pop through the ceiling oh look at that you're in america <laughs> that's the, that's the <laughs> yeah. difference um, yeah. but yeah i'm I'm curious to try to go to the uk because i do hear that it's fun i hear the, the audiences are really great and for, they are and it for as stuffy yeah, w- as we consider the brits to be i hear that they they the political correctness isn't quite as severe there you know like people are people are willing to laugh at the, the thing they shouldn't laugh at in the right circumstances,
0: they are. Yeah, it's true. The 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 clubs definitely are are kind of a haven in that way. And of course, I mean, inevitably, it is a great place to 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 learn the craft because of the fact that um, audiences can be so drunk and brutal. I mean, it was it was bizarre to me when I first came to North America and heard about the the, the two drink minimum when every English club has a twenty drink maximum <laughs> policy. Like you know, like it's 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 literally like the, the concept of having a minimum would just be. And then it's like an intermission every like 25 minutes because literally the, the thought of making people go that long without a drink. And you couldn't do table service like you do here because it would just be 400 people going, fucking 20 <laughs> shorts over here, you get more <laughs> shorts, you know. And then, and even though there's an intermission every 20 minutes, you do see like people... Uh, it's like you know, twenty minutes of stand-up. They know it. it's another twenty minutes till the next break. But they're coming over with like armfuls of pints and shots on a tray, and, uh, and it's like what well, you gotta get. It. It's uh, so that um, it definitely. We keeps only you have on twenty minutes to drink all this. <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah. Well, I hope to see you uh, here very soon. We had big plans. I know you were supposed to be in Saint John. We were supposed to do a big show together in the summer. But uh, yeah. hopefully, well, and I miss you, man. Because uh, I don't know if we've ever gone this long without uh disgracing ourselves somewhere in a in a, yeah. in a city somewhere anywhere and uh, I tried it's man
1: I tried to get in through the bush they're they're watching the border between <laughs> Quebec and the Brunswick pretty tight they're like no 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 get out of here I see. shouldn't have I shouldn't have been smoking so heavily as I was trudging through the bush trying to get in like, if I can just follow the smoke signal
0: like <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god I was I was trying to get into PEI a couple of weeks ago and, and I got in my rental car and it was Quebec number plates and I had long tices. <laughs> so I, I pull up, stupid British accent, coughing like a monster, Quebec number plates. They're like, ah. <laughs>
1: did they not I, let you in?
0: I mean, they, they did, but I was there okay. for about an hour and a half. Fucking, okay. They're like, no way. I'm like, look, I'm like, Google, Google me. Like, I live here, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, man. Uh, so uh, man. Well, thanks so much for your time, Derek, and um, we will be. Um, you know, uh, I, d- I hope I hope the album is extremely successful. I know it will be. I can't wait to listen to it, and I hope that everyone listening will go and buy a copy immediately. Because, thanks, uh, mate, as I you know, it. I'm a huge fan of your other albums, and uh, I often send you pictures of me listening to them in the car on car journeys. <laughs> because, uh, again, when I, when I miss you, well, before, but again, when I used to miss you, I would listen to your albums again. But suddenly now, thanks to COVID, we've discovered this thing called Zoom. And it's yeah. Lovely. <laughs> so
1: fun. We should. We should have comedian Zoom parties. We did that. We did one for Steve Patterson's birthday and it was a hoot.
0: Oh, nice. You, nice. When you're
1: sitting sitting here just drinking, looking at the yeah. screen, whatever. When you get up for that first pee, you're like, holy fuck, that was 10 yeah.
0: beers. Wow. Yes. Because the only thing normally the the only reason normally that when we're out we drink like normal people is because there's other witnesses around. So you're having to A drink at a similar pace to other people and you've got to get up and walk to a bar. When the case is beside you. Yeah. D- zo- Zoom drinking is just insane.
1: Yeah. It's like it's yeah, only yeah, it's when you stand like... up that you realise how wobbly you are. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well I should, I should. Yeah.
1: As well as organizing my, my pandemic home shows, I should organise little Zoom comedian hangouts because we need to talk to each other
0: oh well Derek thanks so much for your time brother and I really appreciate great it. great to see you mate lovely to see you and virtual house miss all you. the way miss you too yeah I see best to Pam soon. and the kids buddy well I will send my love same to Andrew and the kids and I will see you soon brother love you Thank you for listening to Mullinger Meets Canadians. If you like greatness, creativity, being inspired, laughing, or just love Canada as much as I do, then this is the podcast for you, so please do subscribe and review the show now. Be sure to visit Derek at DerekSagan.com and follow him at the TheDerekSagan on Instagram and Twitter. And I implore you to buy his amazing new album, Pan Derek First Wave, on CD or digitally on iTunes. His earlier albums and other merch are also available at DerekSagan.com. Further details can be found on the edit website, maritimeedit.com, and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening.
1: Podstarter Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more